genre. podcast where we review and discuss and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Scott Corelli. And uh, today on the show, we are uh, back in the uh, the modern era of Doctor Who, and uh, we are going to be discussing the third adventure by the ninth doctor, Tooth, nope, the Unquiet Dead. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Christmas themed episode, and I think that was entirely accidental. I mean, I know it was, but um, yeah, the uh, the original Christmas special. Yeah, I always. Oh, did this air around was... Christmas time? Hmm. I don't think so. No, no, it wasn't. But okay, it's just, I always forget it's... this is a Christmas episode. Yeah, so this worked out nice. But then you're like, well, it kind of has to be because Dickens, you know, and there's just something so. Well, Dickens, Dickens, ghosts, Dickens, you know? ghosts. So yeah. yeah, very interesting episode. Uh, yeah. So I have some background. So the background of this um, is that uh, essentially, so like this story was in the original pitch document that Russell T. Davies gave to the BBC in 2003, Ooh. where he actually wrote, um, wrote, concepts for episodes for the first 13 episodes of series one so he he came up with the concept for all of the stories of season one sweet um and this was one of them uh and it was a story called my name is dickens charles dickens not great (laughs) um not not great uh but uh in in his version of the story it was it was about um charles dickens investigating a woman who purports to have invented an ectoplasm machine, which can summon ghosts. And the device turns out to be a weapon and the ghosts are turned out, turn out to be aliens. Um, which I'm really into that idea. That's I like, like that a lot. Like reverse Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, well, it's actually, I mean, it's kind of the plot of the 2016 Ghostbusters, isn't it? Yeah, but like reverse, because like it's the lady who's the bad guy, and oh, oh, that yeah. part is reverse. Yeah, okay. reverse, okay. reverse. <laughs> um, directed yeah, by yeah. Uh, directed by Euros Lin. Okay, I'm not there yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Settle down. I like Euros Lin. All right. Um, so so anyway, so that was in the outline, uh, but Davies. He was sort of tricking the BBC because Davies, um, the BBC at this time, it had fallen into fashion to have like authors of shows, um, where like a, a, like a one writer would write every episode, mm-hmm. 
And that's how he was sort of presenting this, even though he had no intention of writing every episode himself. And as soon as the show got greenlit, he started farming out all of these episode concepts to writers that he liked. And he gave this episode to Mark Gatiss. Hello. Who who had – who was, of course, from League of Gentlemen, uh, the comedy troupe, um, which is – what he was sort of made famous for. Oh my but God, he was that also- is the most Mark Gatissey thing I've ever heard. Of the League of Gentlemen? <laughs> that he was in a group called the League of Gentlemen. Yeah, the comedy, it's a comedy group. <laughs> See, I wouldn't even believe there was a comedy troupe. I just would have thought that that was like a fraternity, like a secret order that he was in and like <laughs> in the primary school. Yeah. Uh, so he, <laughs> uh, Mark Gatiss though, uh, he was actually an established name Amongst Doctor Who fandom at the time because he had wrote uh, novels for Vir- Virgin Publishing as well as BBC's Past Doctors range and had written two uh, audio plays for Big Finish oh. by this point. Um, one of which we'll be uh, talking about uh, in an upcoming season. So um, I think both of them, but I'm not sure because I'm not you know, super we, familiar with the other one. We give Gatiss a lot of crap. On this show, or you know, we have a complicated history with Margatus. Mm-hmm. I would love to just sit him down, like with like some brandy, <laughs> and like just talk to him and just like interview him. I'm sure he has like so many. He's had such an interesting career. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so he had also um, played the master in a big Finnish play called Sympathy for the Devil. Mm. Of course. Uh, which was under a uh, uh, the Doctor Who Unbound um, style uh, stories, which were sort of like out of continuity, like wacky, advent- wacky adventures. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he had also played the Doctor in a series of sketches uh, during like a it was like a like a BBC Two like Doctor Who night, and they did sketches, and he played the Doctor in the sketches. Uh, so. Gatiss was invited by Davies to take uh, take this story, this story concept, and allowed him to color outside the lines of the original concept. And so he uh, he worked his way through it, and you know, through a little bit of trial and error, like he tried a couple of things. Like there was there was three times as many characters originally and then he just kept paring it down and paring it down and paring it down very dickensian in his defense right yeah um originally there was a scene where the doctor um rose makes that assertion that recorded history can't be changed so he actually takes her to a devastated 2005 that exists if they don't fix what they've done yeah um, which was meant to be yeah, which was meant to be inspired by a similar scene from Pyramids of Mars. Fallout Boy never got together. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and uh, so so they cut that out, and uh, you know that's uh, there. The, that was. I mean, that's pretty much it. Euros Lynn, the director, written by uh, Mark Gatiss. This is Euros Lynn's second story because he directed um, the End of the World before this. Euros Lynn, director of my favorite episode of Black Mirror. Oh. 15 million merits. Oh, that was him. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, that actually makes sense 
Because there's a lot of uh, directorial similarities between that and End of the World. Yeah, he's a he's a very underrated uh, director. Uh, I don't agree. Okay. I think – I mean he directed my favorite Doctor Who story. Um, the Girl in the Fireplace? The, no. Well, he, he did direct that, but that's <laughs> not my favorite. Uh, my favorite is Silence in the Library. Oh, um, I should have known that. But you told me that a lot of times. Yeah, but but um, w- he's only good when he has great material. Yeah. He doesn't elevate material because uh, uh, when he, didn't he direct when he has um, bad material, he typically makes it even worse. Didn't he direct Fear Her? Yeah, yes. he did. Yes. direct Fear Her and, <laughs> and the Idiot's Lantern. Oh God, another Gatiss yeah. one. <laughs> and um, the worst episode. Well, the second worst episode of Sherlock, The Blind Banker. Yep. Oh. So he doesn't he his the problem with Euros Lynn is that he never elevates material. Very true. So um, um, and for those of you wondering, in my opinion, the worst episode of Sherlock is the uh Hounds of the Baskervilles. Mm. Wow. Oh. There's only right. six. <laughs> yeah. No, there's seven. Ten. Oh right. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep, you're right. There's ten. Yeah. <laughs> Soon to be thirteen. Mm-hmm. No, sir. All thirteen. Anyway, we should probably get started. All right. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll be honest. I went into The Unquiet Dead with my arms crossed because I've always remembered not liking this story and – this time watching it, I don't know if my eyes were just like wider open or I, like I don't know if I was just paying attention more because I was taking notes or what. But uh, I – this story, this episode actually kind of blew me away. Can you remember the last time you watched this episode? No, I cannot. <laughs> it's been a really long time. I'll say that. Me too. In fact, I would wager that I haven't seen this episode – since uh, 2005. Wow. Holy crap. Holy yeah. Holy. Yeah. Before this podcast, I never really rewatched a lot of Doctor Who. Huh. Fair enough. That's true. I had a podcast and Cass had a blog, so. Yeah. There's that. But it wasn't New <laughs> Who, it was Old Who. Well, I know, but it was still like Doctor Who was a very specific part of your life. Oh, yeah. Like every yeah. week. <laughs> right. Um. So, first of all, I, I want to get this out of the way. Yes. I hate this title. <laughs> Did you know that um, – okay, so um, it, it actually wasn't um, – this wasn't the original title. Yeah, I know. We, we said it was Charles Dickens, Charles Dickens. Well, according to um, the Amazon facts that pop up on my screen when I was watching the episode, uh, it uh, also was almost titled um, – the name of whatever the name of the neighborhood, like if the neighborhood was like Knackerville, it was almost called like the Knackerville Horror. Yeah, I saw that, but I yeah, I don't really like that title either because it's too vague. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like a Doctor Who title to me, it or it doesn't sound like a or it doesn't sound like mm-hmm. a Dickens novel. I guess it sounds like a Dickens novel, but. I don't want Doctor Who stories to sound like a Dickens novel. I want it to sound like a Doctor Who story. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Who t- episode titles have very specific tones to me. Mm-hmm. That's like why I don't 
I don't like the Unquiet Dead technically has that tone. Like it technically sounds like a Doctor Who title. I just mm-hmm. think it sucks. Where does but dinosaurs like, on a spaceship fall into the spectrum? Oh, it's terrible. It's a terrible <laughs> title. Um, so is Let's Kill Hitler. It's on uh, board with Let's Kill Hitler. I forgot is, that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, terrible, terrible <laughs> Doctor Who title. Um, like I, I hate, Alex. I, great that's great. That's a great title. Yeah. Um, so is Tooth and Claw, really. Yeah. Yeah. Unquiet Dead is a good Doctor Who title. It's just a bad title for this because it doesn't mean anything. That's true. They are very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, doesn't she like scream or something at some point? Yeah, yeah. They, they all scream. Yeah. Pity the yeah, guess. But like, it doesn't have any bearing on the plot. Yeah. Like the fact that they're screaming. Mm-hmm. It's just spooky. I yeah. I don't Whispers like from the veil. Did you know that uh, Gabriel Sneed, played by Alan David, was originally uh, meant to be played by David Tennant? Really? Good thing it wasn't. Yep. It was actually Mark Gatiss's idea to uh, have it played by Alan David. Mm. Huh. Well, uh, I I think that this story just should have been called The Gassy Dead. Mm-hmm. It would have been fine. The Gassy Dead? <laughs> That's not a serious. <laughs> I mean, we get more gas after this one gas does play very heavily into this episode mm-hmm. <laughs> it is it's a gas heavy episode mm-hmm. yes so yeah so uh so there's there's zombies uh yeah well okay so the uh there's a bit that i want to i want to bring back because it it's in our next episode we're gonna call it back so i want to mention it here yes there's a bit where uh, the doctor and Rose are struggling toward the beginning. They're struggling to get the the TARDIS to land, yeah. And then they both fall over and are like laughing, and it's like the most BS laughing you've ever seen because it's just like, ha, 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 is this what joy is? Like, it it actually makes me sad because like Billy Piper is bringing it, yeah. but. There's a there's a part of Eccleston's performance that I can't tell if it's that he doesn't really care or that he is playing it fake because the doctor has forgotten what joy is oh, and man. is just going through the motions. Hmm. That's the most emo thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I pretend to laugh. That's the most 10 thing I've ever heard. Um. <laughs> And it's so sad because um, soon after, there's a really um, poignant scene between the two of them where, man, you know, like the more we uh, – I'm really into how empathetic and inquisitive and curious Rose is as a companion. Um, with nine. With nine, yeah. So, yeah. Because, you know, yeah, she just seems very like – She's always the one to notice, like, yeah, because, like, the doctor's like, oh, we're going to go on an adventure. It's going to be great. And she's like, wow, you've, like, Christmas Eve, 1860, whatever year they think it is, because it turned out to be 1869. But they're like, she's like, wow, like, that will never, that Christmas will never happen again. But you just get to go back to it whenever you want. And then he's like, yeah. And she's like, but more fun with two. And they're like, ah, and they run off. And I was like, no, what if, <laughs> Billy, Billy Piper, man. Mm-hmm. I recently watched all of um, I don't think we've talked about it since I did it, but uh, I, I just got done watching all of Penny Dreadful. Right. Um, 
and she is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's so good on that show. So good. Uh, plays three distinctly different characters over three. Yeah, so she like, she plays a new character every season, and it's oh, like, insane. So cool! I didn't yeah. know that. In like a totally organic, like non-American horror story kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's a Dickensian Christmas Eve. Um, yeah, it's it's um, the frog and his son are you know rocking down the street. Right, <laughs> Gwen from Torchwood is here playing a character named Gwyneth, mm-hmm. which is Gwyneth. Weird. Gwyneth. I mean, that's weird, right? Don't they do a callback mm-hmm. in season four? They do. They do. Like when um, at the uh, the end of whenever whenever the big uh, the big team up with everyone. Yeah, talking, yeah. Ten, yeah, Ten has like a little, you look like someone I used to know. And Gwen's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Stop talking. It's funny because they're still in Wales and all mm. Welsh people look like her, I guess. Yeah. There was a really funny bit where Nine tells Rose that they're in Naples and then it's like, oh, we're in Cardiff. And I'm like, yeah, I get used to So we've got uh, we've got ghost zombies. We've got psychics and we've got Dickens like this episode is insane. Yeah, this episode has everything. Yeah, it really <laughs> feels like Mark Gatiss. Just threw the kitchen sink at this because he didn't know if he would ever get to write another episode of Doctor Who that would be produced. Scott, we we <laughs> both know that Mark Gatiss has never thrown anything in his life. <laughs> Fair point. You know what I realized watching this? shade. You know what I realized watching this that yep. was really weird? And I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but uh, Dickens um, – Charles Dickens – Character arc in this story is not dissimilar to Simon's arc in the story of in the episode of Geek by Night we wrote together. Hey, oh, not weird. Yeah, I guess I, I I didn't think about that while I was watching it. I was just thinking about he was how he was played by the bad guy in Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. But <laughs> oh, um, I guess he is. Yeah, Simon Cowell. But yeah, I guess yeah, he um, it's okay. Um, so we. We watched all the next three episodes that we're going to talk about. We kind of watched them all in a row, but I'm well, all right. Pull back the curtain. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> but um, the way that each of these three episodes deal with historical figures in different ways is really fascinating to me, and to me, it kind of shows the different kinds of ways that Doctor Who has handled historical figures and and history in general. And yeah, I, I actually really love uh, Charles Dickens's arc in this episode. I think it's really cool the way that he's written. I think it's really cool the way Mark Gatiss plays him. He's not like a cartoon. He's not like sanctified the way that sometimes certain historical figures in the show will have, you know, will be in the future. Yeah. Uh, he's a flawed guy. He's can sometimes be unlikable. Um but yeah, like, uh, and but he's he's Charles Dickens, and like it was, it's really yeah. I, I I thought it was kind of like the secret heart of the episode, which is weird because it's about Charles Dickens, but yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. I mean, it's it's really really well done. Uh, I I also, I mean, Cass, you'll appreciate this. I, I'm sure you did when you watched it. I I love the uh, happy medium pun. Yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> oh, 
That's some that's some good stuff. Um that was that was great. I I don't think I've ever or at least I had forgotten that the aliens in this, the gas aliens that are causing the problems with the the gelf. Yeah, with the with the they're reanimating corpses. Um I didn't realize that or or I'm sure I had, but like I said, I haven't seen this in so long. I'd forgotten that they were time war refugees. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Especially this early on mm-hmm. when we don't know anything about this. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like I, 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 I love that little moment. And oh dur- my God, during so the seance. Good. Yeah. Like it's so good. And it's like. You know that that conversation between the doctor and Rose, where the doctor is like, "You're," they just want to use the bodies. Well, and she's like, "Well, you can't do that. That's disrespectful." He's like, "Of who? They're not in there. Yeah. It's recycling." And they, <laughs> you're you're saying their dead bodies are worth more than their lives? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's hard to argue against, but it's it's Rose learning the kind of world that the doctor lives in with the, the kind of morals that he has, which aren't sort of like the BS morals that a lot of us have where yeah. we're, we have morals for things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things where it's she's like, learning, she's learning how to think four dimensionally. Right. And I just, man, I just really loved that conversation. Like, I think this might be, I mean, we'll see as we go along, but this might be my favorite Mark Gatiss story. Wow. I don't know that I yeah, like I any other one more because I haven't even gotten to the big part, but no. Yeah. Um, um, I loved, I love nine fanboying out in front of Charles Dickens. I think uh, <laughs> they're teaching. That felt more like a 10 thing than a nine thing to me. Yeah. It was like some proto 10 dialogue is what it felt like to me. Although I liked when nine took a turn and then like gave him some, some unwanted criticism. Right. And yeah. Was like do the, like do, do the bit when Nell dies. It makes me laugh. And I was like, ha ah. mm-hmm. nine <laughs> classic nine. Yeah. And Rose just doesn't understand time travel. No, not yet. Which is weird because she's kind of like, I can't die. I don't die. I'm not. I I was alive in the future. How can I die here? He just died twice. He's just like side eyeing her. Like, are you have you not seen Back to the Future? Seriously? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, dude, you almost died. Remember when we were at that hotel in the year like five billion or whatever? Like, right. But that's the future. She's saying she can't die in the past because the past already happened. Oh, that's true. This is the first time going to the past. Right. Yeah, yeah, this is the first time in the new era that the show uh, traveled backwards. Right. That's fun. Right. Isn't that fun, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the big thing – oh, and then there was that great moment at the end where where uh, Dickens asks if, if his books are remembered. Yeah, and, kind of uh, proto, uh, proto uh, Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the big thing that I wanted to mention that like blew me away about this story mm-hmm. was 
the thing where so the the servant girl Gwyneth yes is like oh like the the gas aliens want need a a psychic to be like their gateway into our world so they can start taking over corpses and survive yeah and so she's like no I'll do that that's okay like you know they just they want to survive I get it so she goes and the gas aliens of course betrayed everyone and they're actually evil like demon aliens. And uh, they instantly kill her and <laughs> she needs to uh, like – I don't know. They like instantly kill her but then she's like still like sort of alive. I don't really understand. Yeah, because yeah, like afterwards the doctor's like, oh, she was dead the second that she made the connection. I guess he meant like metaphorically, right? Uh, maybe. Where it, was like, where it was like there was no way she was going to get out of there alive. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably yeah. what he meant. Because he touches her like he makes a point of touching her face and then he says I'm sorry, so maybe that's like his way of confirming that like either she's near death or already dead. Right. But then she lights the match. Right. I don't know. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. But in any event, mm-hmm. uh there's a line where Rose says she saved the world, a servant girl the world will never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just realized, having watched it this time, they're talking about the doctor. She's the doctor. The doctor <laughs> saved the Warrant Universe and killed the Daleks and the Time Lords. And no one is going to know what he did or oh. what he sacrificed. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just like... I don't know. That like really got me this time. Totally. Um, and it's uh, – this story is really good. And yeah. I'm sorry and, for ever bad-mouthing it. And it, yeah, and it kind of speaks to, again, like what, we, what I was saying earlier about Rose's character. Like she's the one to kind of – that's the first thing that pops into her head. Right. Which is like, oh, that girl um, – by the way, does, was anyone else like really shipping uh, Gwyneth and Rose in the scene <laughs> when they were like bonding in like the pantry? No, I just I I mean I was shipping them as friends. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm in the minority this time because I always remember this story. I guess I remembered this story kind of fondly, but not like I don't know. I I was like, "Oh, well, it's better than most people give it credit for." And then I watched it and I wasn't really impressed as I like thought I'd be. Um but I don't, I don't know. I just didn't, it just didn't really, I I don't know. I feel like we had the opposite reactions. Like it didn't, it didn't really like connect with me this time, mm-hmm. which was kind of sad, but meh. Oh, well. Um, well. <laughs> uh, bad wolf reference. Yeah. Bad wolf reference. That's the first time that that gets dropped, right? I think it has to be because Cause I mean, we, we didn't mention it. Yeah. End of the world. Huh. I can't remember. I don't. I, I don't think, think so. I don't know. Oh, the titles were the Crippingwell Horror and the Angels of Crippingwell. Oh, the Angels of Crippingwell. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm into that. that. That's <laughs> what it should have been called. What did you guys think of the? Um, the kind of meta, like the kind of thing that Doctor Who kind of does sometimes where they kind of explain where 
artists' inspirations come from. Like at the very end when he's like, oh, I don't know, the mystery of Edwin Drood. It'll be about ghosts. And then Nine's like, yeah, do it, do it. He's he's, he's going to die like next year. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did they, did, does he finish that book? No, no. It's, no, it's, it's famously his um, – the mystery of Edwin Drood is famously unfinished. Okay, so that doesn't bother me then. No, no, I mean, no. I was like, like, like the. I thought that was cool the way they when they did that. It kind oh, of rem- yeah. It kind of reminded me of how they sort of explained Agatha Christie going missing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it when uh, they when they explain where uh, where something comes from that does exist Mm -hmm. um for example um next week's next week's episode uh but (laughs) i i but i like it i like this because it's like well let's find a hole and then let's try and fill the hole Mm -hmm. you know in like a clever doctor who way yeah because they they do the same thing with shakespeare too like oh right his lost play or whatever and then right they get sucked into yeah wherever those things are from. <laughs> right. Yeah, the mystery of Edwin Drood is actually famously unfinished. Oh. Well, there you go. And then the doctor came, and he was my friend, and he saved everyone. <laughs> and Rose Tyler was there. She just <laughs> great. Uh, so I'll say the worst part of this story was the trailer for the next one. Oh, uh, I didn't see it. Yeah. Next, next story is Aliens of London. Oh, the aliens of London. Uh, I hate the farting aliens yeah. more than anything in the world. Little old lady got mutilated late last night. <laughs> aliens of London again. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps us up. <laughs> Werewolves of London. Yeah. Uh, next next week. Speaking of werewolves, tooth and Ew. claw. See, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> no, you didn't. Don't take credit for that. <laughs> I know you better than that. <laughs> <laughs> like all things, Nick succeeds at. He stumbled backwards right into that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then un- it was like, oh, it worked well, nice. out. <laughs> that worked out. <laughs> That's gonna be his the name of Nick's autobiography. It well, that worked out. out. <laughs> the, the Nick Jimenez story. Well, that worked out. The Nick Jimenez story. <laughs> that would be. This, I think that would be the most adorable title for for an autobiography. Yeah. Well, that like worked eight. out. I'm like eighty. Yeah. I did it. All right. Well, uh, if you wanna, if you have thoughts on the Unquiet Dead that you wanna. Get off your chest. You can go to duelinggenre.com and leave comments there on this post. And uh, check out our other podcasts while you're there, like Back to the Future Minute, which is coming back in January. Uh, January 2nd? 3rd? Something like that? Yep, 2nd. The 2nd. Uh, January 2nd. And uh, Lord of the Rings Minute happening, continuing to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kicking butt over there. Uh, Nick and I have both been guests separately. So yeah, go, go check those out and uh, get caught up because this show's great. Harry Potter and Minute, Harry Potter Minute, which is uh, going strong. 
They just uh, they started their own Patreon and they have their own weekend edition podcast now called the Quibbler. Yeah. They're all yeah, grown the up now. I know. Um, they they grew up past you. I know. I'm kind of bitter, but <laughs> you're like you're like the older kid who's still like living with the parents, and like the younger kid has like moved out and like has a job in their own apartment. Thank mm-hmm. you. And you're just like. <laughs> Um, also back in january is geek by night with our last three stories uh which is really more like eight stories or something like that you'll see um but uh check that out and check out our patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support um i don't know why that was slurry i'm not drinking (laughs) just happened i think i'm thirsty i don't know but uh, go to our Patreon page and uh, become a patron. Help us out. Help support the show. Keep us going. This is the show that we hear the least about of all of our shows. If you're listening, let us know you're out there. Although you've probably turned off the podcast by now because that seems to be what's happening. Aww. <laughs> um, so anyway, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And we will be back... Uh, next with Tooth and Claw. Yay!